welcome, welcome, welcome back. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast, and we've missed you guys. It has been since December since we have graced you with our presence. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown. Canadian Biggie. And we are back after being hacked. We got attacked from Pakistan and all kinds of stuff. We had to relaunch our social media pages, but I think I think business is picking up. Is that fair to say? Are we doing a little better now? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Give me a hell yeah. Business is about to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> it already has, actually. That's Mr. Brown's music. It has. <laughs> Hit my music. It was just a nightmare, man. We had to fight with Facebook and, and all kinds of stuff. But you know what? We were not to be deterred. We are going to continue to bring you content that we know you desperately, desperately crave. I just want to say real quick, though, I feel bad for anybody out there that uses Facebook as their primary uh, way to advertise for oh, their actual sucks. business. Absolutely. Like, this is a hobby we do on the side. We actually have jobs. So then we're like sitting there doing our jobs, and then we do this on the side. Well, then... Facebook support was zero help. Zero. They didn't care that we was making some, you know, some money off merchandise and advertising or whatever. But I couldn't imagine if that was your livelihood. Like they, they, they were no help. The only way that we were even back is we don't know sports is we had to file copyright infringement and have the old page taken down because it was hijacked and they wouldn't let us get it back. It Lots terrible. of booties with thongs. Yes. And we realized that maybe we should post more booties and thongs, but never swipe up. Don't swipe up because that's like malware or something. Something bad's happening there. But uh, we're 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 glad to be back. Biggie, you glad to be back? I'm. In- <laughs> well, I'm excited. I can t- <laughs> listen to the excitement in his voice. Well, it's just there's a lot of frustration that goes into that. I mean, uh, come on. It's well, sports and some laughs. Well, well speaking Let of sports and laughs, you know, right now the world's on fire, but we wanted to let everyone know who's tuning into the podcast. We know it's been a while since we've done a show, but we're going to promise you that all we're going to talk about is sports because, you know, the, the news is terrible right now. It's toxic. You watch it. It consumes you and it gets you in a bad place. We don't want to put you in a bad place. We want to make you laugh. We want to make you educated. We want to talk about stuff that's actually related to sports and nothing else. Is that fair to say? Can we commit to that tonight? Absolutely. We don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, Independent. We don't Leprechaun. care if you're an alien. We don't care. We don't care if you believe in Klingons, unicorns, conspiracy theories. Come on board. Listen to us, please. Just follow, listen to our show. Follow the white rabbit. Your whole life, you've turned to sports as an outlet for whatever was going wrong. Well, we're going to give you the best that we got. Yeah, because ESPN sucks. Like, let's just... If you like ESPN, this ain't for you. But if you just like sports, listen to us. At least we'll have some fun in the meantime. That's right. All right. So let, let's let's talk about the NFL. Let's just start there because we have playoffs that are right around the corner. Biggie, do you you have the matchups here of everything that's going on? Because a lot's happened since we've last been together. You know, so we just want to kind of talk about the playoff games. You know, we got some interesting matchups. This is the expanded field. We haven't seen this before. But the NFL, despite COVID and all kinds of nonsense going on this year, we've made it, except for the Browns. They've kind of made it. We'll see how that ends up. So, Biggie, what's the first game we got on the docket this weekend? Uh, The Indianapolis Colts at Buffalo Bills. Well, I I think, for for me, Buffalo is one of those teams that can win it all, right? Like, they're, they're a contender, not a pretender. You always look at teams going into the playoffs. It's not who was the best during the regular season. Who's It's who's the hottest. Uh, Chiefs have been winning, but blow, not blowing out teams they should have. Bill's been killing everybody. How wrong have I been about Josh Allen? Like, I, I thought he was just the guy that was going to overthrow everybody, and they give him Stephon Diggs, and he looks like John Elway out there now. And what's insane about the Bills is, is that they don't really have a committed running game. No, they have crazy. Moss. They have Singletary. They kind of mix them in. Well, 
game plan wise, but you got freaking Josh Allen out there bombing the digs, and then he's probably leading the team in rushing touchdowns without me looking. If I had to guess, it would be Josh Allen. Like if you're a Bills fan, you got a Josh Allen jersey now, right? Well, absolutely. I'd say you have to. If you're a true Bills fan, you're running with Josh Allen. Everybody was wrong about him coming out of the draft. I think he has cemented himself as the future in Buffalo. Absolutely. Everyone except for a contributor to our page, Ryan <laughs> Bonehammer Breckel, who <laughs> had him being what he is today. Did from he the pick day him he off in college or high school? Is that what happened? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so he, he was howling from the beginning. Oh, yeah. All right. He's I, the I, only person I know who wrote him from the beginning. So I mean, our I hockey was, insider not only knows hockey, he knows Josh Allen's scouting He tells report. us all the time he knows football better than hockey, but we just kind of dismiss it. Well, after this fantasy season, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, you too, but still. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. easy now. <laughs> I do not need unsolicited jabs about fantasy football right now. Two questions on this game. One, Buffalo's at home. They're going to allow 6,500 fans in. Weather's going to be crap. First time they've had a whole playoff game in how many years since, uh, what? They'll be lucky if it's only 6,500. Rob Johnson? Something Uh, like that. Philip Rivers for for the Indianapolis Colts. Is this his last game? Yes. Absolutely. There's no way the Colts win this game. Buffalo is clearly the better team top to bottom. And don't sleep on Buffalo's defense. They have a great defense, too. I think they're a well-rounded team. I I anticipate them making at least the AFC Championship game. So, sorry, Colts fans. Phillip Rivers is one and done. And I don't know where you go from here if you're the Colts. The Colts have played well down the stretch, like really well. They have. But they're no match for Buffalo. And I know we're not picking against the spreads like we normally do. So, I feel like it makes it easier. I've got to ride Buffalo. We're all on the same page. We're all riding Buffalo. They are a six and a half point favorite just because we do normally pick against the spread for those out there listening. Uh, they, we do. Yeah, but if I had to pick against the spread, I'd say the, the Bills probably cover. Yeah, I like them in this game. I, I think it's going to be a massacre, actually. I, I think the Bills are going to come out like a team possessed. They're a team of destiny, so to speak, and we're going to see it rise up. They had nothing to play for this last Sunday. Before the game started, Josh Allen was not out there warming up with Barkley and the other, uh, the third string. I don't know who that is. All of a sudden, he's on the field. He plays about a quarter and a half and just lights them up. Like, this Bills team is ready to roll. They're, they're scary, man. Yeah. All right, what's the next game? Next game, we have the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Is golf playing? As of right now, we don't know. About two hours to go. Two hours ago, Sean McVay said he will not announce a starter for this game. So that's not good. So that being said, there's no way I can have any confidence in the Rams. I'm just saying that. I'll let you die, digest that how you want. You tell me what you think. Well, I had some different people this week when I was watching my NFL shows tell me how the Rams are better off with Jerry Goff, not a quarterback, because they won one uh, game against a depleted team that had week Kyler 17. Murray for like a quarter. Uh to me, this game's a pick 'em if Goff's in there because of how good the Rams' defense is. Without Goff in there, I'd like Seattle and I'd take them if they were touchdown favorite. It's in Seattle, right? Yes. And how many games at home has Russell Wilson lost in the playoffs? Is that zero? It is zero. Okay. Just throwing that out there. There's no fans, though, so that could be arbitrary. I can't say that if Goff was playing, I wouldn't pick the Rams because. Seattle scuffled down the stretch here. Very, they they were like a wounded duck. So I would probably look at the Rams, but the fact we don't know who's starting, I I gotta go Russell, and maybe he's a he's a star, man. He, you, he's gonna shine when it means the most. You were on the Rams this last week, even with the backup quarterback, and you had the right pick because they covered against Arizona. They week were the 17. dog in that game. Week seven, exactly. He played against the midget, right? All right. What's next game? <laughs> 
We I have the GOAT, no, sorry. TB12, <laughs> the Academy, the one, the only, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're playing in D.C. Against the Washington football team, and I'll take it from here because I'm going to tell you that I will not have a rooting interest in a team in the playoffs more than I will for the Washington football team against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because – the way the story is setting up, it's setting up for Tom Brady to have this miracle rise through the NFC playoffs. And it would only be our luck for those who are tired of seeing him win, for him to find a way back to the Super Bowl. And God forbid Tom Brady wins one without Belichick. It's just going to be like the ultimate salt in the wound for people that are tired of seeing Brady. Now, that being said, I love Alex Smith. He looks like he's going to play. It's kind of like the the L.A. Rams. They're, they're not really sure what they're doing with the, the quarterback here, but – God, tell me you can't be pulling for Alex Smith. Even you, Biggie, as a as a Brady fan, tell me you wouldn't be sad if you see Alex Smith pull this off. I got to tell you something. This game right here, it's like my Pats were in the playoffs. Brady's there. Gronk there. I'm hardcore. I'm a Bucks fan. True, true. I want them to go through NFC title game in Lambeau. Brady, Rodgers, Frozen Tundra. That is my hope. That is the only thing I'm rooting for. I will watch this entire game as though I was watching a Patriots game. That's NFL's hope, too. <laughs> that sounds a lot like you. <laughs> uh, having said that, the Washington football team is 5-1 and one this year with Alex Smith at quarterback, who since the beginning of the season, first time he hit the field, I said, rename the award after him. I'm hardcore on the Bucs. I want them to go as far as they possibly can. This Washington football team is the hardest loss I'll watch all year because Ron Rivera, Alex Smith, they're guys, you root for them even if you're not a fan. You can be, you're the Giants, the Eagles, the Cowboys, you're still rooting for those two guys. Well, well, Biggie stole my thunder with the 5-1 and one with Alex Smith under center, but everyone wants to dog the NFC East. Because they finished seven and nine, right? <laughs> but this isn't the seven and nine team. This is a five and one team coming down right. the stretch with Alex Smith. They're playing good football. It's like the Ohio State Buckeyes, right? They don't have to play everybody. It's almost they? like <laughs> destiny. You got Ron Rivera, you've got mm-hmm. Alex Smith. I feel like they're going to go in and they're going to battle, but I just feel like Tampa has too many weapons. But is Mike Evans playing? He returned to practice today on a limited basis. So even if he's limited, he can still be a decoy, and A.B. may have to do a little bit more. I so badly just want to say, the buck stops here, but I I can't. I've got to pick the bucks, but I feel like it's going to be a close game. Real quick before we move on to any other games, we got to discuss how Washington made the playoffs. And that shit show that was the – was it the Sunday night game or the Monday night game? Sunday night game. I just know that because I remember Chris Collinsworth. I remember okay, listening so to him. Okay, so it was him. a Sunday night game, and, and they're, they're calling – yeah, because Al Michael was caught on the Redskins like twice, and yeah. he got roasted on Twitter for that. Really? But yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you're watching no, – that was uh, Collinsworth. It was both of them. Oh, okay. So, either way, it was a dumpster fire of a game because, uh, you know, we were talking about this before the mics were on. Mr. Brown's question is – what the hell is Philadelphia doing? Why are you making the decision to put in Nate Sudfield in the fourth I mean, quarter? The memes are everywhere. So what? What? I was asleep because you know I fall asleep at eight o'clock sometimes. You're old. That's what old people do. So what happened? Well, I will say this before Chad the Mark puts it into perspective. Had Philadelphia really planned on losing this game, they would have just started Carson Wentz. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, so so my, my perspective on it is I, I think uh, the call came from the top. I think they decided that well nine is or six is better than nine, so they wanted to get a better draft pick. The other thing too is I, I couldn't help but wonder if it was just a message to um, 
to, to Wentz, right? Like we know that's on the outs, that's done. And they said before the game they thought about playing Sudfield. They just wanted to get him on the field. The problem was they played a pretty good game through three quarters, so they didn't really have an opportunity to put him on the field. Then they decided, it's like, well, it's the fourth quarter. Let's go ahead and put him in there. So was it the whole fourth quarter? It was almost like 13 minutes left. It was pretty much and the how, what was the score at the time? They were down by three, I think. 17-14. So Hertz was like handling his business. He was in the he game. He didn't play great, but, but it was a they, close game. But they were in the game. He didn't play great, but he had. He didn't play terrible passing, either. One rushing. Yeah, he was. Eagles are in the game. Yeah. Right. And you just throw in this other guy who has zero credibility <laughs> and the, with Wentz on the bench. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. When it happened, you're looking Wentz's or uh, Hurts has to be hurt. Why is he not on the field? And they show pictures of him on the sideline, and he's just kind of sitting there with his arms at yeah. the side. And he's just like, uh, what's going on here? If nah. they're really tanking for a draft pick, do you not think they're smart enough to throw Hurts in the freaking tent and be like, he's injured right now? Well, that, that could lead to a whole other uh, conversation. How do they know? There was a bunch of reports. You got to sell it, man. I got a migraine. Yeah. Some of the players on that team Cramps. had to be held they, back. They're ready from to fight Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. Now, now, now. To be fair, uh, Kelsey was not one of them. They said they saw him like John with uh, Peterson, but what he was was making sure that's what was happening. And then he took Sudfield over to the side with the offensive line. They started doing snaps, trying to get used to the snap count. But the image after the game of Kelsey and Ertz just sitting there. Hours after the like, game, like like it's like the end of an era for the Eagles, and it yeah. is like like they're not that far away from winning the Super Bowl. And how Peterson still has a job is beyond me. Like is Carson Wentz that bad, or is it some of the play calling? I think it's a little bit of both. But like if you're the Eagles, do you not want to move on from Peterson now? Like forget the Super Bowl. Like it's time to look at the future. Is he damaged goods? Well, when you look at it, the year that you were super successful, you had Frank Wright, uh, Joe D. Felice. Defense was on par. You were loaded on both sides of the ball. Since then, you've really struggled to be even be a competitive team, even though they've been in the playoffs when you've lost those coaches. I think that Peterson lost his team in the last few games of this year. Yeah. Uh, they just got to let him go. That's hey, me. I got to say this as a Patriots fan, when you guys had that parade and you talked about how you could win <laughs> and have fun, boom, boys. That's what happens. Commit to being great every day. Well, they – they they were about as good as the Patriots this year. So good analogy. Uh, what's the next game on the docket? Long term greatness, asshole. <laughs> Just not this year. They're going to resign Cam. What's the next game? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so to me, this is the game of the weekend. Ooh, it was last year's playoffs. Uh, it was a surprise upset at that point. They went to overtime when they played this year. Baltimore. At Tennessee. Ooh, I like it. It is. I is it, My question is, before I tell you what I think, is Tennessee just in Baltimore's head because of last year? I, I want to say yes, but I can't because the way Baltimore's finished this season. Baltimore played well down I the think stretch. they look at everybody as like uh, but, Happy Gilmore when he's going after the quarterback. Right, so. So happy he, Gilmore when he's going under the quarterback. I'm Bobby sorry. Boucher. Bobby Boucher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm way off the, the rails. The price here, is wrong, Bob. You're looking at everybody else, and you're just putting a little baby face on them. That's what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are doing Boy, right but now. But who do the Ravens beat down the stretch? A bunch of really bad teams okay. that they should have killed. Just, just just throwing that out there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in before you give us the voice of reason, A-Rod. Uh, it's so. never the voice of reason. 
Derrick Henry is your rushing leader, what, two years in a row? Uh, yes. By, two, over 2,000 yards? Not, not even close, correct. Here's what's going to happen. Tennessee's going to come out strong. They're going to they're gonna develop the tempo here. They're going to establish it. He's going to run wild on them, and then it's going to force Lamar to come throw out of the pocket. Tennessee's moving on again. I'm 100% with you, and if I'm not mistaken, did Tennessee not lead the NFL in point score this year or at least top three? They were right in that area. They, they're somewhere up there. And, like, people are like, oh, it's just all Derrick Henry. Like, people don't sleep on Tannehill, man. Tannehill did you, did you pick Baltimore? Hell of a year. He hasn't picked yet. We, oh. we've, we've taken that from him. Oh. But, no, uh, I was already on Tennessee, but once you guys went ahead and went. You're just going to write it down, yeah. which is good there. So no, I feel the same I this this Tennessee team is built the right way, yep. and what you guys just said, you get out and you make Lamar play from the pocket, you make him be a little bit more of a passer. And and, and their receivers are trash. They drop passes all the time, too. So, like, even when Lamar makes a throw, they can't catch it. I well, what's the other thing you just asked me? Who have they beaten? Yeah. They, they've right. ran off some wins. They've done it against bad teams. The only team they beat that's in the playoffs is the Browns. And, and I'm I'm in the kind of stance where I'm going to just pick against Lamar until, until he, he wins, wins one. a playoff yeah. game. Yeah. They have memes out there, legit, that shows Lamar. And I think it's the Hulk, actually. It's like normal Bruce Banner. All right, like regular the season, Lamar. And yeah, then in the regular season, it's the Hawks. So he's he hasn't proven himself yet. No, he's not at all. So we're we're all riding the Titans. You got to get over the hump. Yeah, but he's not doing it this year. No, no. Next game. <laughs> Next game. This to Next. me is the worst game of the weekend. Ooh. But we shall find but out. It's a playoff game. It can't be that bad. It's gonna be the Chiefs <laughs> and somebody. No, 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 no. <laughs> We got the fighting Mitch Trubisky's oh, wow. on the road. Yeah, I keep forgetting in they the made dome. It. I don't know if there's fans there or not. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, they're Ooh. at home. They're a nine and a half point favorite. Mm. So uh, I'm sorry. And they have all the running backs the, this week. The the Bears are trash. Uh, the Saints are winning this game. It's in Nolens, and uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to really add to that. The Bears are lucky to be there. They they have like the consolation, the participation trophy for just making the playoffs. Well, Trubisky beat my fantasy team with Mahomes he in did. fantasy championship, and I lost nine hundred bucks. So I hope the Saints steamroll them by like forty points. So I'm going with Saints. I just don't know know by how much. We're all in agreement so far through five games. We're all in agreement. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> Crazy how Easy much different it is when we're doing pickums yeah. instead against the spread. It's a lot different. The last game, and to I, d- I didn't think I was. I thought I was going to be alone on Tennessee. To be honest, nah. I just until I'm with Chad. Yeah, until he wins one, saying, yeah, he, he's got to prove us wrong. Yep. Uh last game of the weekend. Most interesting game if you look at it just from the oh, yearly the perspective. Playing. They got a no, bye. That's and okay. The I was letting it slide. Cleveland yeah. Browns. With whoever they have, I know they don't have Stefanski at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's so currently I, a 6 I, I got to start on this one, okay? So I, I got to tell you, just being a Bengals fan, watching the AFC North and everything, like I, I'm, I'm pulling for Cleveland hard. Like I really am, and I'm tired of Steelers fans. And I, I, I'm just and your old man, and the old man's a Browns fan. Like so, I'm old man. I'm pulling for the Browns hardcore. And the Browns have faced more adversity over the past three weeks than any team in football. And they're in a county that has, like, the highest COVID rate infection in the country, and it's showing because they can't keep it out of their locker room. So, you know, yes, they lost to the Jets, but they didn't have an entire wide receiving core, and they still almost came back and won. And this wasn't something that happened on, like, Wednesday. It was, like, Saturday. Oh, by the way, you don't get any of your wide receiver room in the game. Like, how do you even go forward with that? How do you even game plan after that? Now they get dealt a blow with Stefanski. So 
the most Browns thing in the world would be for them just to lay down and get rolled over here. My hope is that somehow they're able to put something together and they could upset the Steelers because the Steelers all year, we said, were the worst undefeated team in history. They proved us right there. They started blowing some games. The Colts, who I think are also going to lose in the playoffs, put the Steelers back on track by letting them wake up. The Steelers, by all intents and purposes, should win this game. I think they will. It hurts me to say that. I want the Browns so bad, so bad. But, I mean, how do you take the head coach away and then expect a similar result? I think they'll do enough to make it competitive, but it's not going to happen. So you're on the Steelers. Unfortunately. I don't know how or why, but you've compelled me to go with the Browns. That's okay. I'll accept that. If if it means the Browns win, and if I compel you to take the Browns because I took the Steelers begrudgingly, I will take that. I will wear that badge of honor. I just want them to rise up. That's I all. I do too. That's all. And that's all I got. So maybe I'm just doing that thing where you want them to rise up so bad you pick against them just so you're wrong. I, my biggest facial expressions, I think I stole his thunder after he stole my 5-1 and one Alex Smith thunder. So – how's it feel feel? (laughs) (laughs) why do you think the browns will win i didn't give any insight so why are they gonna win are you taking the browns feels like the mosquitoes on my nuts and i (laughs) whacked it not thinking (laughs) um smells extra vinegary in here all of a sudden here why are they gonna win here's why i think the browns win they are built to play playoff football. They are. Okay? Run I know Olivier Vernon's down, or Olivier Vernon's down, so they only have Miles Garrett coming off the end. You've got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. You drafted Baker Mayfield number one overall. If they didn't win and get into the playoffs this year, he wasn't getting his fifth year extension as Probably number one not. pick in the draft. Baker wanted to go to Cleveland. He wanted to be the guy that turned that franchise around. You run the offense. What do all these quarterbacks do now? They call the plays at the line from the huddle. This is your chance to show why you were the number one pick. You're the leader of this franchise. You're the face of this franchise. You game plan all week long. You go out there and you put 27 on the board and you win. I hope you're right. I'm going to say this, too, about the future of the Browns. If they do win and they re-sign Baker Mayfield, you know, not just the, the extra year, but if they get him long-term, it's like a perfect scenario for the Browns to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come because Baker Mayfield is not the elite-level quarterback, but he's not garbage either. So he's kind of in the middle of the road. So you got to give him a contract, but you don't have to overpay. Yep. So if you can get him at like a decent deal and you're locked in a quarterback for the next five years, at least you know how you structure the rest of your team, that could be like the perfect storm. The Browns – Finally got it right with the head coach. Stefanski fits that organization. His game, perfect for their personnel. I know that he's not here this week, and that's why we should say that they're going to lose. But when you look at quarterback, head coach combos throughout the years, I think in four or five years, we look at Stefanski and Baker with them continually being a competitive team. Are they going to be like a Sean Payton and uh, Drew Brees combo? Something like that. So my only other reason why I can't take the Browns is – the most Browns thing in the world is to celebrate making the playoffs and then getting bounced in the first round. Yep. That's what they would do. So I'm just sitting there. So, all right. So that's our games, right? So that's the only game we differed on. Yes. I'm the, the lone wolf. You are the solo lone oh, wolf for the Pittsburgh Steelers, for the, for the Yenzers out there who eat pierogies in old Catholic churches and whatnot. That's, that's me. So I, I'll accept that, and I hope it's just a, a kiss of death that my one lone wolf is wrong and we got everything else right. But anyway, that was our NFL wild card, stone cold, lead pipe locks without the spread, picks of the week. 
Well, we know it's January and you can't get enough of football, so let's switch to the college football playoff. We are down to the title game. It is the Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I got to tell you, I'm not a fan of either of these teams, but after watching Ohio State against Clemson, I got to be pulling for Justin Fields and the Buckeyes. Am I in the minority here or are you with me? You're in the minority. Why? Why are you pulling for Ohio State? How many different things had to be changed for them to be eligible for the Look, game? I, I get that. The fact is, we are where we are. It is what it is. I, I was the first one to tell you that Ohio State didn't belong in the playoff. And even though they won, I still tell you they don't belong in the playoff because, like you said, so many things had to be changed. We had to change the rules just so they could be a part of it. But now that we're here... I just admire the fact that Justin Fields went through a car crash. We got a moment where it looks like he's left for dead. He comes back out. He plays the game of his life. Maybe he got injections into his hips and ribs. But either way, man, that was like a moment in time right there. You got to appreciate that. And I hope that he's able to play 100% in this game. Yeah, I agree. I hope the game's played on its original date and that he can play it 100%. They're not going to move it for COVID? Well, as of the recording, needs longer to heal. It's January 7th, and as of right now, we think the game's still taking place on Monday. We do. Uh, On the Alabama side of it, Jalen Waddell's been at practice. They haven't said whether or not he'll play in this game. No, but he's back. Yep. So it's interesting. He's supposed to be their best receiver, and he's not the guy that won the Osmond. So – Two notes on this game. As we talk about it, we're just picking who we think will win. Alabama is a seven and a half point favorite, and the over under on this is 74 and a half. See what it is at game time. It could end up being the highest over under in uh, CFP or championship game history. As a guy that just hates things that are elitist, I hate Alabama. I hate Ohio State. So it's really tough to pick a rooting interest here, but I just want to see Justin Fields play well because I love the grit and determination he showed in the last game. The one thing for me was Ohio State. Everyone like it, like everyone said, they don't belong there. No, not. But guess they what? Really don't. Based on the schedule, they didn't belong there. But when they showed up this past week, they showed they belong talent wise. They whipped Clemson's ass. Mm-hmm. So no one really expected them to beat Clemson. I mean, the most majority, I wouldn't think. So I mean, like <laughs> what? Well. I'm just saying they did have like four weeks to prepare for Clemson. I mean, I got they that, but games. they were still the underdog, correct? <laughs> Uh, were they the underdog? They had to be. They were a uh, six-and-a-half-point underdog. They were the yeah. six-and-a-half-point underdog, but they had four weeks to prepare for that one team. Exactly. <laughs> no, I guess they did play a game here or there between then. Clemson had whipped them a couple times previous in the college football playoffs. So Ohio State, as a whole, had a little bit of extra, let's go get them. And then last year when they played, uh, they lost to Clemson, but they felt like there was a bad call within the game review that went against him. So they they kind of had that extra. Let's Are you get talking about side. the bobble? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Chad can laugh all he wants, but like, yeah, you had four weeks to prepare, but that's also four weeks you're not playing. So that, that, that could go two different ways. Well, it kind of goes back. Like I'm, I'm the first to say that Ohio State probably shouldn't be there. They really shouldn't. And that's not saying they're not one of the best teams. It's just that you didn't do what you were supposed to do 
to take care of business, like whether it was you or the other team. In some cases, it was Maryland or whoever that didn't have things right and COVID struck the game down. But well, like, the way the Big Ten You can't get mad there. at Ohio State because the Big Ten told them they weren't playing. No, but there were some times where Ohio State did something to screw themselves from playing the game. So, like, it, it kind of falls on both sides of it. But it kind of goes back. And I, I don't want to get into a whole diatribe on that we should have more than four teams in the playoff because I think the three of us all agree that it should be more than three teams, right? Right. We do. I think Alabama's going to win, but like if Ohio State found a way to win, it wouldn't upset me. I right. think because Nick Saban thinks he walks on water <laughs> in Alabama at this point. Is he going to get COVID for the fourth time? Is he that, might. Is <laughs> that how it's going to work? No, he's going to win his sixth national title in the last 12 years in Alabama. But but you do go back and you look at like Cincinnati and Georgia played and Cincinnati, you know, barely lost that game. It was, a, it was, they should have won that game. They, they, they should have gave it away. But you know, it's one of those things where, like, if you if you had an eighteen playoff, maybe things are different. Maybe you get to see some different matchups. And I understand that typically in college football, your top one, two, maybe three teams are like far and away better than the rest. But like, don't you want to at least give a chance to some of these teams? Well, to me, this year more than any other just showed us how this will never change. If anything, it'll get worse because Ohio State, by all rights, shouldn't have been there on merit. Yet they got in and. They have the talent, and this, Ohio, Ohio State will always have the talent, as will Clemson, Georgia. This is not an NCAA title. No. It is a ESPN title. Pretty much. It's a television title, yep. and that's what it is. And you just have to accept that. And Until that's the money comes get, into play to make it, you know, something like you've proposed before with the – Give me you have, a – you have, you have five you power, have to be five 16. schools. Somebody's always left out, right? Yeah. And I'm not sitting here making a big case that, like, this is the year USC should have been in there. Like, this year screwed up. I get that. But, man, you know what I don't get is they talked about how, like, they can't do expanded playoffs because, well, the kids are in school. I mean, we had games in, like, every week in December this year. Well, like, this year, though, you had, what, Cincinnati was the eighth seed, and they played, uh, who was the They nine? played Georgia. Georgia. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, it was absolutely right there. It was, it was a neck and neck But, game. like, Coastal Carolina was what? Well, I'm not trying to sit here and make a case for Coastal Carolina. I'm just saying, like, those types of teams, if it's eight, they'll never get in. No, Mm -mm. because it's not about an NCAA title. It's about a TV title. Who's going to draw the most ratings? Who's going to give you the most revenue? And that's really where we're at. But, you know, the the whole thing about how, first of all, you got But that darling, though, in March Madness, I know it's 64 teams, but if you threw one team in every year that would somehow make that upset. Absolutely. It makes all the difference. And I get that you can't replicate March Madness with football, but don't act like you can't expand the playoffs when teams played almost every week of December this year. Easiest thing to do, make it 18 give your power five theirs of the other three at largest the highest ranked power of five automatically gets in so this year cincinnati would have gotten in at what do you want to make them seven or eight but they'd have been in there give those schools a chance otherwise just completely ruled out now and let's get done with because you know what if they don't beat the first or second seed then you know what it proves that they don't belong there but what happens if they do just give me that puncher's chance. And then what happens to recruiting if you have some of these mid-major conferences that are able to say, we're going to be in the playoff because we know we can get there through rankings. Yep. You know, all of a sudden, maybe they'll get a little bit better. Maybe Alabama doesn't get all the best guys. Boise you know, you never State know. proved that they could – that they belonged and that they could continually complete with, yeah, compete with the big guys. There's I, no reason they couldn't do that now. Boise State – Marshall, UCF, Cincinnati. Oh, overall, though, this has just been a really hard year to follow for college football. 
Like, it's not been the same, right? Like, is it just me, or has it, like, been really tough to try to really get into college football this year? It has been, but it's because you a, a team plays a game, and then they don't play for another two weeks, and it, there's a COVID-related issue, a game gets canceled, then they can't find a team to play, but, like, a BYU, Coastal Carolina can play on two days. It, it was such a, a helter-skelter thrown together their season. I was really happy to get West Virginia through – well, season. we were supposed to play Tennessee in a bowl game. Yeah. It was three and seven. Like, I, I, I'm, you know, it sucked that we had to play Army because Army's a better team with nine wins. But, my God, a three and seven team in a bowl game? What's wrong? Well, South Carolina was in at two and eight originally. Two and eight. That's, that's insanity. I mean, there was no consistency. Well, if anything, this year has shown that college football is about nothing other than money. That's all it is. Because they struggled through it, trying to make it work. Right. And then when it came down to the bowl time, it wasn't about who had a a record over 500. It was about who can give me the most TV viewership. Here's the thing. If it was about anything other than the money, the Big Ten and the uh, Pac-12 would not have had a season. No. And they ended up having a season because of pressure. Because they they thought the SEC would follow suit. And they were like, nah, we're going to play. So – Alabama, Ohio State. Alabama's averaging a little over 48 points per game this year. Nick Saban, known for defense, leads the best offense in the country. Ohio State, if you want to go over the last two years, because they're going to play six games this season, is only giving up 15 and a half points a game. You have to pick a winner on Monday night. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Alabama all day long, and I'm telling you right now, Clemson was down this year. Everybody sees Clemson for the last two years. They lost a lot on defense. They yeah. lost a lot on skill positions. They, I mean, yeah, just because they got Lawrence and NTN doesn't mean everything because they missed so many other positions. I thought Clemson was down. I'm not surprised Ohio State won that game, but I think Alabama is still the gold standard when it comes to college football, and they're going to show you that on Monday night. <laughs> Well, since it's been a while since we talked, we're not going to make this an extremely long show because we could, you know, spend all night talking about randomness and things like that. The people may not find that interesting, but first, let me just ask you, we just got done talking about the college football playoff. The Hosman was awarded over the past week. We have a wide receiver that won it for the first time in – or the, th- the third time ever, right? It was uh, him, Tim Brown, Desmond Howard. Yep. Devontae Smith? Devontae Smith. Did he well, deserve it? Well, Jalen Waddle hadn't got injured. You probably wouldn't have known his name. <laughs> well, he didn't play this year. First time in uh, 29, 30 years that a wide receiver won the award, which is crazy because Tim Brown and Desmond Howard won it within three, four years of each other. He put up amazing numbers. They're a great team. I think it just kind of shows how bad quarterbacks really were this year. Like there was because no, it's a quarterback award, and there was no quarterback that rose up high enough for you to go, "Ooh, let's give it to him." So this wide receiver who just always seemed like the best player on the field whenever he was on the field, he won the Heisman, and I'm pretty good with that. I, I I concede any other any other vote. It goes to him. Two quarterbacks I thought had it in the bag. It would be one of those two as the season went on: Kyle Trask and Trevor Lawrence. Kyle Trash. Trask. That's your next uh, Denver Broncos quarterback, probably. Most likely. <laughs> Where he's going to be the next Drew Locke. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. Do you um, do you think that uh, any of the quarterbacks really should have won it, or you think this is the right guy? No, I think the right guy got it for this year's best player. I think those two, it was there for them to take it, and they're going to be probably better pros, but the right guy won the award. So is he going to the NFL next year, or is he young? Who's that? The uh, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith? He's yeah. going pro. He's going pro. All right. Is Trevor Lawrence the best guy never to win the Heisman? 
No, I want to say uh, Peyton Manning. That's a, that's a, you know what? I, yeah. I, I can, I can see that there yeah. right there. I can't, can't follow up with it. He that. has the hardware. Yes. <laughs> he turned out to be a much better pro than what I envisioned Trevor Lawrence can be. There you go. All right. So let me ask you this question. There's a lot of coaching uh, openings right now in the NFL. So you can be the Chargers. You can be the Jaguars. Would you rather be the head coach of the Chargers with, Justin Herbert, or would you rather be the head coach of the Jaguars with their draft picks and possibly Trevor Lawrence? To me, it's easy, and it's the Chargers, because what's the most important position in football? Quarterback. quarterback. You know who the quarterback is for the next 10, 12 years. He's a proven commodity, yep. right? What about you, Mr. Brown? I got to agree. I mean, like, I guess, do you want to live in L.A. or Jacksonville? Well, it's it's not so are. much about the geographics. It's just no, I mean, the roster. That, that's a factor. I guess so. But oh, just roster speaking. Florida has no state income no tax. No state income so. tax. That's why Trevor Lawrence declared pro. <laughs> so, I mean, but yeah, I mean, Herbert's a proven commodity. As a Raiders fan, dude's going to be legit for the next eight to ten years or however long they keep him before you know, he, he outprices right. them. So let me let me pin you guys out a little bit more. Is Justin Herbert going to be a better NFL quarterback than Trevor Lawrence? If I have to answer right now, I say yes. Mm. Mm. Just before you make your decision, Mr. Brown, Josh Herbert came in as a guy who was drafted to sit this year, play behind a little bit, no offseason, no lung. training camp. Yeah, punctured lung. Week two, he starts. He didn't get first-team reps that week. And he balled out all year. He does have the uh, rookie I, I'm record. Gonna I'm going to take Joe Burrow. Is that Joe an option? Burrow. You can take yeah. Joe Burrow. If you take right. Joe Burrow over He's Justin right Herbert in. and. Yes. That's not a bad pick. Yeah. Uh, if you but, get a line for the. Mm, well, hey, they lost you enough games. Bleep out an they they lost enough games to where they can draft him. Get him a line, man. E, all right, so between the two, I also think Herbert is going to be better than Lawrence because, like, and the, the crazy thing is, like, if you are a year away from now, you would say that Tua is the better guy to take than than uh, Herbert. And I saw this great That's meme. hindsight, right? Right. And at the top, because you have to read top to bottom, it said, I don't know what it is. Tua just has the it factor in quotations. I saw the meme, right? And the it factor is having NFL talent surround you. Rugs your entire and Rager and Judy. And well, he, like, he can have rugs all day. I'm I, just saying. Hey, name me one NFL rugs quarterback. Name one NFL quarterback from Alabama that's been an all-pro. <sighs> Joe Namath? Wow, we got that far back. <laughs> we got to 1968. Speaking of that, Joe Namath didn't make our cut between the top seven 60s and 70s quarterbacks. He did not. That's how much trash Alabama quarterbacks. Well, are. he did throw more interceptions and touchdowns so in his career. Even Joe Namath's not making the cut. Who's got a Chargers Joe Namath jersey out there? We want to hear from you. If you exist, <laughs> <laughs> call, text, or email. Either, yeah. either way. So, so the the thing is, we're looking at some of these guys like Lawrence and you know, other, other, you know, even Tua. Like some of these guys, it kind of goes back to that rule of thumb that I always say. Like if you're coming from the elite schools, you may not be a good NFL quarterback because you're always playing with elite talent, right? I agree. Well, hey. When we talk about Trevor Lawrence, it's like Patrick Mahomes. He's blowing a league away, Super Bowl MVP, league MVP. Amazingly talented. What do you do with Texas Tech? A lot of bubble screens, a little bit of scrambling. Who, Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. No. No, I know he threw the ball. Look Dude, at he, he launched it. 
he's got extreme talent. He went to the perfect situation to become an immediate league MVP behind Alex. When Van was Horn he drafted? When was Mahomes drafted? Uh, 10th or 11th. Kansas City moved up like 17 But spots. was he projected to even be that high? He was like oh. a second-round pick. That's what I'm saying. They and then saw they moved up. Him. Everybody was like, oh, my God, this guy's got a laser yep. cannon for an arm, and he's 6'5". Let's go get him. They took a guy who had the right talent with the right coach. Now, not, I'm, he would have been good anyway, but sometimes where you go – Timing right, is everything. Good you are like – Sam Darnold's got a ton of ability. He's never going to be crap playing. Uh, I 100% agree. I, I Look, I'm one of those guys, I'll tell you, I think Sam Darnold, if the Jets would stick with him, they might be able to get him at a low contract and be able to build around him. I Probably. mean, they did interview Marvin Lewis today. They did interview Marvin Lewis. Maybe. Looking for mediocrity, baby. Yeah. We're going to make the playoffs but never win a game. Exactly. 8-8, <laughs> eight eight, baby. We're Jets would be happy eight with that. 8-8's a ceiling. <laughs> Part of me just died inside. Exactly. Uh, go Bengals. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we, we know there's a lot of fun stuff coming up with the NFL draft. we got some fun quarterbacks. But we know our Heisman winner is definitely Devontae Smith. And he earned it because the rest of the quarterbacks did not decide to take it. And Trevor Lawrence is not the best quarterback not to win the Heisman. He's just – and also ran. But he might be the number one draft pick. He probably will. He'd be on the Jaguars. And is Urban Meyer going to be there? I don't think Urban Meyer is going there because what I heard is he wants around $15 million a year, 12 to 15 yeah, to coach. 12. And uh, You don't think the, the Shaws will uh, – what is the Shaws? What is it, I think they the might cons. be willing to cons. dole it out, but here's the, the thing. Shots. Look at Urban Meyer's college shots. career between Bowling Green, Florida, Ohio State. Don't forget Utah. Utah with Alex Smith. Uh, the guy has never lost. If he goes to Jacksonville, he is going to lose, and he's going to lose a lot. Well, I don't know. They have a lot of draft picks. They have a lot of cap space. Hey, <laughs> speaking of this real quick, have you guys looked at cap space for next year on NFL teams? I have. Patriots got $62 million. Do you know how much the Saints have? Aren't they negative like seven hundred million? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. So don't count on Drew Brees coming back. No, he but already said he's retiring. He's got to. Like, there's so no when he way he retires. That's got to free up something. I mean, but still, I don't think they're paying him seventy-two million dollars next year. They did what the Patriots did the last seven hundred million. Yeah. They were built to win a Super Bowl and win it now. Anything short of a Super Bowl this year is a bust. For well, the we'll talk off mic about this, but I got to tell you some of these cap spaces because it's mind blowing, and I don't know how these teams are going to make it work. They're they're legitimate playoff teams that just have to blow up their entire roster. It's insanity. Anyway, last little thing we got. Two things, actually. In the world of baseball, you know what? It's January, but it wouldn't be a January without a little hot stove action. And the Mets are making moves. The Mets, under new ownership, have decided they're going to kick down the doors and they're going to go after possibly the best shortstop in all of baseball. Mr. Brown is our baseball resident. Can you talk about what the Francisco Lindor move means for the New York Mets? I mean, it means they're going to go for a wild card. I mean, what ah. else you want to say? That's not better than the, missing the playoffs. They're not winning the division. They're not. So the Braves are still the front runner, which I can't say I adamantly disagree with that at all. But does this make the Mets a little more competitive? Or more importantly, do you look at the future as saying this team might be somebody that's more serious about taking risks to win now? The, Met, the Mets have always been a team that takes risks. The problem is they've, they've taken on a bunch of bad the Stupid risks. So just because Cohen's there and he's now the owner and he's going to spend money, it's got to be smart money. So that don't mean that, oh, we're going to build a juggler out here and then just do our thing. It's got to be good talent. we got to develop our players, and we'll see it. But, like, 
as a Braves fan, I'm not worried about the Mets. You know what though? For for team, if, now if they gonna, go get Bauer, then yes, we'll talk. Yes, that would be a game changer. But that being said, the Mets, as a blueprint foundational level, are not the worst team in the world to rebuild at. They're really not. So you add one piece like Lindor. Let's say they go do something else crazy here in the offseason. We could be having a different conversation in a matter of a month well, or two. If you have DeGrom and you throw Bauer $35 million a year, and they got some pieces on offense. I mean, you're lucky if you can get Bauer at a one- or two-year deal. That's all you're getting. No, but, he's already said. He's willing to go well, out there. I saw where he said that he was looking for 35 to $40 million a year for five, for five to seven years. Oh, he yeah. said he would go that far now? Yeah. And if 35 per. Trade. 35 per. Yeah. Five to six. That's a lot for a guy that only plays every five days. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Either way, that's the type of money the Mets can spend. But we'll see what happens. But I like the splash. It improves their roster. Like, you can't get mad about it. What'd they give up for it? They gave up both of their shortstops, basically, Rosario and Jimenez, and then two prospects. All right, so not much. So basically a whole middle infield and then two prospects. Got, and you're replacing it with a perennial all-star. One-year all-star, unless you get well, an extension. Well, re- but that's the game. Like, you got to resign him, right? Or is if you don't resign him, it's, it's a, a colossal failure. It's a stupid move if you don't resign him. <laughs> They're buyers or sellers in late July. <laughs> they need to be They need to be <laughs> buyers right now on, on Lindor. It'd be hilarious if we went to the Yankees after this year. Oh, yeah. let's, just, let's just cross the river. We'll go yeah. up to uh, the Bronx that's and see right. the Queens. That's right. All right, last but not least, as we wrap up our show, guys, we have a show that all three of us kind of generally appreciate. And I got to say, I got a chance to binge watch it. And we're going to go ahead and give you the spoiler alert because I want to have this conversation. Season three, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai! You guys got a chance to watch, right? I did. Give me me your, your thoughts, your feelings, your impressions. What's going on? I enjoyed it. I gotta like. I had to go back and watch the last two or three episodes last year to make sure I picked up at the same point. Uh, one part of this season that I thought would be a little bit longer of like a, sh- a show arc is Miguel getting back to uh, fighting form. Yeah, they rushed him back a little quicker. Maybe yeah. not to fighting form, but he's upright and moving around. I, I, to me, the the thing I didn't want to see happen more than anything else is I know what for, you're gonna say. Is for Johnny and Daniel to team up, right? However, and it was at the end. It was at the end. However, that being the one thing I've, I've told you from day one, I didn't want to see that. But man, Crease is such a bad son of a bitch. Like I almost didn't mind. Like they, I really enjoyed how they gave some of his backstory. His backstory. Even from I have no empathy for him like, though. Why is this guy such an no? A-hole. He's still an asshole. I have no empathy for him. I understand a little bit, yeah. but he's still a dick. And, but man, like he's, Crease was such a bad guy in season three that it made me not mind Daniel and Johnny teaming up as much. Is that fair to say? It took someone like the abrasiveness off of right. it. Right. Like I'm like, no, I get it. This guy's such a terrible guy. Go ahead and team up and make your own karate dojo. Like it, at this point, it's not even about you getting mad about it. I mean, to me, the way I took it was Crease is such a badass. So bad. That they have to team up. Like, you have, have no a choice. Chance. No choice. He's so bad. Like, he watching, knows the, it. watching them Vietnam clips uh, where he's fighting the dude up on the, on the, on the uh, wooden balcony. Yeah, they're on the, with the bridge. With, with the snakes down below. And you know why it's Cobra Kai now. Yes. Yes. But you fight to the death until someone falls into the snake pit. Uh, I mean, hand-to-hand combat? Uh, it's terrible. I just love that when he's there and the planes are coming over top. And he's like, all right, they're here. Pull me up. 
Yeah, no, no I'm going to stomp on, on your ass. You're falling in the pit. Yep. All right, so that being superior. Said, yep. so, so Speaking Crease, of that right there, and he left on the phone call calling the guy who had said, anything in your life, rest of my life. I yeah, who's that guy? Yeah, who is that? Who's What's that, that guy? coming for next year? So is it a guy from Nam, which I think it is, or could it be the guy that replaced Johnny in like the later movies? It could be that guy too. But either way, we have that to look forward to. What about when they tried to send the, the landlord to get rid of Johnny or uh, Crease, I mean. They send the landlord to get rid of Crease, and then he calls him back, and Crease is over his shoulder while he's on the phone. Like, he got rid of the Turkish guys. He whipped their ass, and he's like, I can't make no deal. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I just love when they walk in there, and he's got his nephews or whatever they are. They're coming in to make sure no. Crease is like, I just cleaned the blood off of these mats. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, no deal, no deal. <laughs> and like, here's my thing, and this is completely off topic, but like, Crease on the fighting scenes looks like a badass, even though he's like, what, 70? They do a good job making it look good. No, but yep. like, Lawrence looks great, but LaRusso looks like a complete turd. Yeah, a little bit. Especially like when he was doing the chosen scenes. Everything like he does looks like, like, to me, you can sell Johnny Lawrence like he's a fighter. Because he is, though. But, he's, La, but he's LaRusso real cur- looks like he's a freaking ridiculous freaking turd. Yeah. But, Sorry. but Johnny's really karate. Like, so it's easier for him to make that. So he, he's real life. He's real Johnny life. Lawrence So Johnny's, is, uh, not, or, uh, uh, LaRusso's not at all? No, he's an actor. You uh, know, but I mean, he's learned it. Okay. I mean, Chad, is it you, you that tell. has the picture with him? Yeah, that yeah, was my tell. kids at uh, Kickmasters uh, yep. in Lavelle, Maryland. So, like, his daughter, it, LaRusso's daughter, it trickles the, down? She's the problem. Because she's a turd, too, and she, she does her acting sense. Yeah, so, see, it just transforms. Apparently, I think does. the bad girl does way better acting scenes than LaRusso's daughter. Hey, I'm just going to say right now, Tori, the bad girl. She all right. She's she's too young. You she's both right. happily married women. Hopefully your wives she's don't miss She's if too you young. Were in right. high school, you guys are taking this and running Tori. with it. I'm just saying she's. We all would right. all be dating Tori. All I'm saying is, is that the one looks like a fighter, and the other Larusso's daughter looks like she needs to be doing uh, some uh, Pilates. She's the problem. With she the needs whole to sit damn in the corner. And she's cry got a front more. butt. Yeah. You can't start a fight and watch where someone else gets her arm broke. Young ladies, front butt, front butt. <laughs> we got the girls with front butts doing karate uh, out here. Or put her uh, Do you guys have a favorite or least favorite moment from season three? Uh, favorite moment? I, I'm just going. I almost wanted to end the show on this, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you my favorite moment is when Johnny looks at Miguel and says, "Your legs are pussies." <laughs> I love Johnny though. <laughs> it was great, and he I, taught him to walk through that exact motivation. So, why did Mohawk all of a sudden just change his mind out of nowhere? Nah, it wasn't out of nowhere. You can kind of see it. You can see it coming. It was a slow build. Like when they were in the school and Johnny hits him up and he's telling him what's what. You could kind of see him like he wants to talk back. And then when Johnny answers, he's kind of like, oh crap, he might be right. Mm-hmm. But he still sticks to the sensei, right? But then that scene, like Miguel's his buddy and they're in the fight and he sees Miguel getting his ass kicked in the and, house. Yeah, in the house. And he's just like, Dimitri about to get his arm broke again. Why are we here? I'm going to go take care of my boy. This is the guy that got the broken neck and stuff like that. So, you know, bros before hoes, right? That's what happens. Well, he he had no hoes. Those three were the nerd table to begin with. (laughs) She found other hoes. She did. Either way. But that was a nice unexpected turn toward the end to see Hawk kind of go. And I'm looking forward to season four being nothing but Johnny and – 
and Daniel fighting over how they should teach karate. I'm hearing there's six seasons now. It's already set in stone. I can't wait. Like I'm just sad that it took three days to watch it. Yeah. That, that was disappointing. I got through it, and I'm like, now what? I kept trying to tell my wife. I was like, yeah, it's okay if we don't watch this today. And then we kept putting it off, and then we still watched it in three or four days. Uh, and now we're like, now we got to wait. And you know what's crazy is like season three, like the average length of the episode was 40 minutes. It was the longest season we've had. And, and still, I feel like we all got You have so much more patience than me. I watched it all on almost all of it in one day. Uh, I tried to in one day, but my wife kept going to sleep. And I After get you guys kept me up late on New Year's night, yeah. I could only watch a couple episodes of New Year's <laughs> Day when it came out and I had to go to sleep. That's what happens. The last thing, though. Allie made a reappearance. She did. We got we got a return of Elizabeth Shue. That's and, huge. And I thought it was going to screw things up for Johnny, but it really didn't. It kind of reset. He realized. Yeah. But he went out and he realized that what he had going on was what was better. My, my, my favorite thing is like when they go to the party at the night and they see Daniel and, and she's like, oh, you guys have already met. I was like, oh, yeah, we went to lunch. We did all kinds of things together. We hung out like, all what? day. <laughs> yeah. He's like, let me send these little digs in just yeah. to get the better of you. And she... Oh, then she realized real quick, though. Yeah. She yeah, was she just did. like, what? Why well, you guys are out of control. She, nope. she realized it real quick. She said the best statement ever was she said, both of you guys are right. Both of you guys are wrong. You're just not seeing each other's perspective. You know, yeah. and that's exactly how it's gone. But it's crazy. And that's how it is in today's world. It's 100% apt. Yep. But it's great that we're watching a show based on a movie from the early 80s that is this exciting. Like, and I know people that haven't watched it, like, you're probably like, ah, Cobra Kai. Like, it's a little cheesy. It can be a little corny. It can be. But, man, the storytelling is fantastic. Well, see, and, and you can predict it coming, but it doesn't make it any less fun. It don't at all. But the problem for me is, is I never watched, like, anything other than Karate Kid, the first one. Like, the first one? So then when they were going to Japan. Like, the Okinawa Chosen. stuff. I didn't understand. Chosen. I didn't understand any of that. Oh, that stuff oh. was great. But they do a good job showing the flashbacks. They did. So, so at least you weren't completely. I understood completely. It just right. would have been better if I'd have watched it. When he goes over there, you're like, all right, how's he going to save his company? He got shot down. And then when they tie it back together with yeah, the flashbacks. Oh, he saved in the monsoon. Yeah. He's the VP of, you know, external relations or whatever. But the scene where Chosen's got Daniel and you think he's going to just end it and he goes, Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, like, that was great. Good. That was perfect. You know how long I've been waiting for uh, that. And then he went from being like this completely like mentally crazy badass to being like, and now I'm going to share some life lessons to make you a better karate sensei. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, those it's, those uh, pinch points. It's great. He's on crease. And crease still. Like, my favorite thing, like, so they get the fight at the house. Johnny kicks in the door. He goes to crease and he starts whipping his ass. And then. Like his son starts getting involved, and of course his son is with Crease. Like, right. how else would that yep. work? Like, that's exactly how it's got to work. And he picks up the sigh, like he's going to do it. And his son's like, "No, Danny, don't do it." And he doesn't do it, and they keep fighting. And then when his son starts fighting him, he's trying not to, and he throws him into the locker, and of course screws him up. And then Crease uh, gets a better up. Daniel comes in, but Daniel's got him at the end where he could just end it, yep. and he doesn't do it. But I love the fact that Johnny went in there and whipped that ass off a of crease for about five minutes. That was fantastic. Because Johnny's like the get the greatest guy. Johnny is the greatest like, guy, but I'm, Crease being 70, he's a freaking badass. And and you know what? I'm gonna give credit for the show, not to be over analytical here, but they they had the 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 sensei the dojo's closed, it's dim lidded, so they do a good job of showing crease, and then they have like obviously another guy in there doing the stunt moves mm -hmm. and stuff, but you can't really tell. Like they do a really good job on making you think those two are fighting. 
Yeah. Like, I'm just saying. You're right. Bravo. Great job. Anyway, I'm I'm disappointed because we got what? Like another year before we get another uh, season? At least a year. I do. Has anybody looked that up? When does season four drop? I don't know. I'm guessing January 1st of 2021. Uh, it's terrible. 2022, what year Let me we? drop this knowledge on you. Did you know that Will Smith is one of the executive producers for that show? I did. Good for you. Do you know his tie-in goes back 10 years? 10 years? How's that? Uh, whenever. I can oh tell God. who's not in the executive <laughs> position. Hillary Swank? No, uh, Uncle <laughs> Phil. <laughs> 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 you are correct, sir. <laughs> Will Smith's been a part of it for a while. Oh, when his hey. kid Jalen Smith yeah. did the Karate Kid remake. Oh, I didn't now think about that. Yeah. All right, oh, James Avery, God rest your soul. We love you. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. We'll see you next week. We're glad to be back. Hackers be damned. We'll see you then. Have a good one.